Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Vic Ashman, as I say hello to you, that $30 winner there last um, week, I think it was in Melbourne, was it, in the Abbey Dam colours for Keramar and David Eustace when Cardinal Queen was too strong. As I say hello to you. Morning, G. Yeah, she was great, wasn't she? Mickey D. Uh, he's one of the form jockeys around the country. He's been a profitable hoop to follow over the last 90 and 30 days. And I think only Nashville Willer uh, at Metro level can claim the same thing right around the country. So uh, he's just riding so well, Mickey D. After taking out the Caulfield Cup last year, he's just gone to a new level and he got the most out of Cardigan Queen. Relish getting back to 1,200 metres with a set of blinkers on and uh, she was able to upstage some of her, her more fancy rivals. So that was last week, though, G. Yes. Our job now is to try and find uh, some winners this weekend. And I suppose we, we should start with the Moya tonight. Um, look, Imperatrice should be winning. The, the query is, can she hold the rating she produced in the McEwen Stakes uh, a few weeks ago? It was an electric time that she ran. And frankly, if she runs that time again... I don't think they can beat her. There's not a horse in this race that can that can match her at this point in time. Uh, but usually what we find is when horses go that well first up, they maybe come back a length or two. So, uh, I, look, I respect Uncommon James. I think he's a really handy galloper. Not sure if the Valley's going to be his track. Asfura almost always goes backwards second up from a spell um, in terms of her ratings. But, Maybe they, they've learnt and maybe they're training her differently between that first and second up run. And then there's the old boy, Rothfire. Robbie Heathcote's won this race three times with buffering. He's the only, I think, multiple, triple winner of this race. He won it two years in a row and then had a, a year or two off and came back and won it. Uh, and he was pretty good behind Imperatrice in the McEwen and he's got a pretty good second up record as well, four from eight and he's four from seven over the flying thousand metres and he's Pretty adept around the valley, and barrier one will give him plenty of options. But I'm with Imperatrice there. I want to go back a race before that, if I can, Mr. Mr. Hall. Yes, no problems. Uh, we've got the the dollar forty pop Amelia's Jewel, who really does look a class above them. But I just want to point out, and I'm not saying she'll definitely beat Amelia's Jewel, but Steinem. Now she was disappointing in that Menzies Stakes first up. I know it was a slowly run race, and I know. She had genuine excuses for not winning or running in the placings, but she was still beaten eight lengths when finishing last. So it was a disappointing run. But go back only four runs or five runs, four runs in her form line, five runs, I should say, to December 3 last year. She runs in the Group 1 Northerly Stakes over in Perth. She finishes third, beaten one and a half lengths by Amelia's Jewel. So she was only a length and a half of her, off her at weight for age over 1,800 metres last year. December, I would think that's the best form reference for a race like this. A Group 1 weight for age 1,800-metre contest against all ages and sexes. Now, the difference there was Amelia's Jewel was a three-year-old. And granted, she's stickened up and probably bigger, stronger conveyance now. But she had to give her seven kilos in that race. And now she meets her and only has to give her half a kilo. 
the six and a half kilo turnaround surely has to give Steinem a sneaky sniff at it. And at $41 on race morning, I think she's got to be an each way bet in the race if you don't want to take the tomato sauce Amelia's jewel. Well, I did mention this on SEN Track in the afternoon with David Taggart yesterday that I don't think Amelia's jewel will be getting beat. I think she's just a class above her rivals. But I thought the $4.40 play, the place for Steinem, if you put a line through her first up effort and just just she just had a bad day there. I think she's a terrific chance from that gate with Johnny Allen aboard. So um, I agree with you. So $4.40 the place there with Bet365. And I apologize. Cardigan Queen, not Cardinal, Cardigan Queen, because Paddy, um, Paddy Driscoll will kill me if I got his horses wrong. And I apologize. For Paddy. <laughs> um, so hey, that, that's okay. So it doesn't matter what you call them so long as they yes. win at that price. So Steinem at four forty, thirty four dollars the win. So that's your thoughts there in the stock stakes. Then we go to the group ones in Sydney. We'll start yep. with the flight stakes. Are you taking on Tis Invincible? Oh, look, I'm not going to take her on, but I think she's a. I don't think she's any spoil at the current quote. I think she's around that sort of two seventy mark uh, from memory, Gareth and. And she's won all three races this spring, and she's always had that spruik on her. So it's no surprise to see her finally living up to it. But her sec- the, the, the races that she's contested, she's raced first up over 1,100, then 1,200, then 1,400 last start in the T-Rose, which is traditionally by far the best guide to a flight stakes. None of those races have had any pace in them. And she's been able to finish through the line and, and run really zippy late sectionals. On Saturday, if you want to get her beaten, and you're a gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, and you're out there at Ramwick working out how you're going to get this hot favourite beaten, well, you've got a horse called Tropical Squall who's on an Oaks journey. I would think that you go to the front. You don't go mad, but you run good, steady, you know, good, um, genuine sectionals the whole way through. And just so to say, go, well, if this, if this Tis Invincible's any query at 1,600 metres, let's find out. Because if you sit up and hand the race to her, she's going to out-sprint you. She's got a 1,000-metre or 1,100-metre turn of foot in her. So if she's allowed to just canter up behind them and do no work in the run, she'll just out-dash them. If you want to get her beaten, you've got to make her work from a long way out or make her work the whole race. And the only way to do that is to roll along at a good tempo. And I reckon Tropical Squall will do that. And that brings what I think is the best roughy in the race, and I can see that she's been well-backed already. Number 10, Tuta La Vita. Yes. She ran the best last 600 and 400 in the T-Rose stakes. Only Tis Invincible went better than her over the last 200 metres. And it's because Tis Invincible sat behind the leader, got out of the top of the straight and then sprinted. I think with the blinkers on, Joe, the magic man, Maria in the saddle, up to 1,600 metres. She's always promised to win a good race. And boy, oh boy, I reckon this might be it on Saturday. Walla grand final, magic man, blinkers on out to a distance that looks like it's absolutely made to order. Uh, I think she was $15. She's into about $10 now. Mm-hmm. She's a great each-way bet in the race. Dean Evans was keen on her. Chris Waller was mm. bullish on her as well on his social media platforms. To the Levita, so $10 now with Bet365. That filly for the flight stakes. This is your type of race, a Group 1 handicap um, feature there in Sydney at Randwick, and it's $7 the field here, Nicholas. The Tassie star, the inevitable... Is it $7, hope in your heart, at $7.50? Which way are you going here? Of course, this is for Pulalia, the 1,200-metre Group 1 weight for age sprint star, which is standing at Darling. Look, our, our database that we keep, and I don't claim to have the greatest rating service of all time, but it did spit out that it, the inevitable 
and uh, pounding were both a touch of value at their opening quotes. They've, fra- they've tightened up a fraction. We might see the inevitable tighten up even further. I've gone away from that, to be fair, and I'm with the 17, Redina, here for, again for Chris Waller. This horse has only won five races overall from 13 starts. Four of those last five victories have come at the Gelding's last five runs. Uh, he's on that upward spiral. He's just starting to put it all together as a horse. We see this a fair bit with Waller's animals. They can quite often take a handful of starts, if not 10 or 12 starts, to really hit their straps. He's a patient trainer. Uh, down on the limit with 50 kilos. Now, here comes the important part. The last four winners of the Epsom Handicap have all come through the Bill Ritchie Handicap, the 1,400-metre contest at Randwick a couple of weeks earlier. Up until 2013, not one horse had ever completed the Bill Ritchie Epsom Handicap double, and then Boban fixed that for Chris Waller back in 2013. The last four years, every winner of the Epsom has come through the, um, the Bill Ritchie, and three of them have done the double, and that's what Redina's looking to do yep. this year. Last year, we had top-ranked um, co-win the Epsom, and he won the Bill Ritchie a couple of weeks earlier, dropped three kilos and picked up the Epsom. That's exactly what's going on with Redina here. The race doesn't have a huge amount of pace in it, Gareth. There's, there's, you know, you think with a Randwick Mile, you're definitely going to yes. get it, but there's not a lot of natural leaders in this race. So I think from the low draw, Redina can just put himself on speed. And if the pace is slow, he's got a good little bit of dash on him. You've got to remember, like, you go back to the autumn, he was only he was on the heels of... Um, uh, Kovalika, his stablemate in the South Pacific Classic over 1,400 metres. There wasn't a rule lot between them there then. They both went up to Queensland and won their respective races. One was the Queensland Derby for Kovalika. This bloke, Redina, won the Gunsin beating Yellow Brick. But I just think he's over the odds at around the $15 mark. And the other one that's worth a mention is Waterford. He's never had a race with pace in it. Again, I'm not sure if he's going to get that on Saturday. But if they happen to run that traditional Randwick Group 1 handicap speed, which is pretty frantic... He's the one that I think can jump right out of the ground on Saturday. Zach Lloyd's doing a terrific job up here in Sydney. And uh, again, another one for the master, Chris Waller. Yeah, Chris Waller says Redina's running through brick walls after some confidence-boosting victory. So he could be the way to go. And Kathy O'Hara's riding in really good form, I think, still with limited opportunity. So I like your play there, but... Boy, it's a difficult race to find the winner. And then in the other group one, the Metrop, can you take a dollar eighty-five with Bet three six five for Just Fine, who's been, I think, the fine of the the spring so far for mine. Look, I, I can't, um, Gareth, just because uh, he's yet to tick that twenty-four hundred meter box. Over in Europe, he had three cracks at this distance range, and um, all he managed was one minor placing. Now. Definitely, I subscribe to the theory that he's improved leaps and bounds since joining Gay and Adrian, and we've seen that in his uh, in his time. So he'll get his chance here to tick the 2400 meter box, and he is coming off a very fast time over 2000 meters, which is the the best indication you can get that a horse will handle the step up to 2400 meters. But dollar 85 is poison for mine, mate. I've backed one here. It was 126. I'm just having a look now. I can see he's. He's into about $71. Number nine, Ho-Ho Khan. My best long shot, and boy, oh boy, is it a long shot for the weekend. Um, he had 515 days off coming into this preparation. He's now fourth up from a spell. And his first two runs were nothing more than pipe openers, as you can imagine, off that kind of a break. Last start, if you go and watch the replay, I know it was yeah. behind Young Werther, but he was only beaten two and three-quarter lengths, and he was balked at the top of the straight. Go back four runs in his, in his uh, form. And he finishes fourth 
beaten 2.9 lengths by Dewis in the Group 1 Australian Cup. In front of him was Think It Over, and behind him was Cascadian. He's got the ability, this horse. I would suggest he's probably not going to get back to his best on Saturday, but yep. there's a small chance he could. And I reckon it's a better than 100 to 1 chance, or right. well, now $71 chance. I reckon it's a better chance than that. I don't think Mitch Friedman would bring him up here coming out of a benchmark 100 race unless he thought that this horse had improved enough to acquit himself well in a Group 1 2,400-metre contest. All right, mate, we've got 20 seconds. Who wins the Dulcify? <laughs> Dulcify, Cafe Millennium. Blinkers yes. on first time. Blake Shin gets out the back. The big gangly. looks like four giraffes stick, <laughs> stuck together. G, and he'll come hurtling down the centre of the track. And I reckon he'll just clean up Tommy Kitten right in the line. All right, mate, you enjoy your weekend. Looking forward to listening to you on the Sydney set tomorrow morning on 11.70 and the SEN app, of course, from 7 o'clock.